check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Welcome to Red Storm Chasers. I'm Vincent here with Craig, Tim, and Nick. On this episode, we're going to look back at the losses to Xavier and Seton Hall, and we'll look ahead to the Marquette and Providence matchups. Happy New Year's, everyone. And oh boy, do we need 2023 to start much differently than 2022 ended. Yeah. Uh, certainly for St. John's basketball. How did everyone's, uh, how did the gap week go for everyone? The week between Christmas and New Year's where no one does anything productive and everyone's okay with it. My gap week was great. I was off from work, you know, got to hang out, spend some time. You know, I was supposed to go to Niagara Falls, but uh, that obviously did not pan out because of that massive storm. So we did not do that. It's a bold strategy, I guess, going the week between Christmas and New Year's to Niagara Falls. But, you know, I'm a little crazy. Thought about it, but ultimately didn't do that. Went to the went to the city. Went to go see uh, Six on Broadway, which was very good. Nice, nice. How was it? It was very good. It was very, very good. Um, went to a cool speakeasy restaurant downtown, which was also uh, spectacular. Amazing food. Beauty in Essex on Essex Street if you're looking for a good restaurant right south of Houston. Uh, yeah. So other than that, you know, it was a good week. Overall, good week. I, I missed the podcast last week. Um, you did. I listened to you boys. It you was did. good. Oh, we we appreciate that. Tim, how was your week? Uh, it was a pretty good week. Uh, just slowly opening more and more gifts that my daughter uh, received during Christmas. So every uh, every couple minutes, it's, Daddy, uh, I want this open. Like I just opened another one for you. Let's calm down. But I want this one open now. We haven't, clo- we haven't played with the other one. Nope, I want to play with this one now. Sometimes but, opening it's the best part. For who? For her. Yeah, exactly. For her. And isn't that who it's all really about? She's the only one that matters in this conversation. Yeah, I'm, I'm tired of throwing away cardboard at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we all? Nick, how did your week go? It was good. I mean, we talked about Christmas a little bit on here before. Uh, New Year's was fun. Got to, uh, I missed the ending of the Ohio State. Um, you mean the perfectly timed missed field goal to start to end the new, to I, end 2022 and start I, 2023? I did because we watched the ball drop instead. So, uh, you know, I, I watch both. I, you, you just got, you know, the two TV split there. Yeah. I wish we were as cool as you, but, uh, we, 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 did, we weren't, so <laughs> well, we only got to watch one. That's, that's a, you know, that's a, you got to get a better setup, my guy. That's a, that's a mistake. Well, I'll, I'll try, I'll try phone. again next year. I watched it on my phone. I appreciate that. If you, if you get that worked out for next year, that would be great. If they could just not have the national championship semifinals. Start on, like an hour earlier. On New Year's Eve, that would also be kind of spectacular. Yeah. I, a lot of, I, I don't lot really options. understand the start time there. That, that one doesn't make sense to me. There's no reason to start it then. They, they easily could start it earlier and, and not have a problem. It should be simple as the first game starts at 1. Now one's too early, but they can start. The, they can start at three thirty, which is when they start all college football games. Or, or sorry, it was when prime time college football starts. Start it at three thirty, and then go from there. And you're a half hour earlier. You clear off by eleven thirty. You're good to go. Anyway, my week was fine as well. Always a good gap week. Uh, it's not a gap week off for me, unfortunately, because college basketball still exists and sports television never takes a break. Um, but we digress. And this week I'm going to Italy, so who really cares? Uh, <laughs> Um, anyway, so Craig, you missed it last week, week. we gotta ask, did you get any St. John's gear? Tim was the only one last week who had gotten anything for Christmas that was St. John's gear, uh, which shorts he hadn't gotten yet from the bookstore, but he ordered, or were ordered for him, I should say. Did you get anything? No. Tim wow. continues to be the only one. Tim continues to be the only one wow. really supporting. And to update, I actually got them early, and they showed up on New Year's Eve. Oh, there you go. Did there they fit? Go. Nice. 
I haven't tried them on yet. Oh, that wasn't <laughs> Did one it of the look nice? I gotta be honest, that was a little weak update. Well, I got it during the middle of uh, prepping for people to come over for New Year's Eve, so it just got put to the side pretty quickly. Sounds like a Did bit. Did it look nice? Bit of an excuse yes. there, Tim. Yes, they look very nice. There you go. All right, so obviously, first week of the new year. So the question this week is going to be a nice, simple one. Pretty much a layup going around is, what is your 2023 New Year's resolution? Craig, you have the good fortune of going first, sir. Great. I was hoping I could go first. Love going no first. No problem. I know how how, how decisive child. you are. I know you really like, you know, you, you come up with answers quick, and you always stick to your answer. You never feel regret about the decisions you make, never. <laughs> Especially not at a restaurant where in between two Absolutely. items. Absolutely, that, that's I'm that's your always, that's where you thrive. I'm it, steadfast in my. You choice. thrive in being decisive. So never I figured I'd go to you it. first never for sure. Regret it. Um, my, uh, my, I'm gonna give you two because I always give you two. Wow, shocking! Mostly, I just like to hear myself talk. So, um, I one is uh, try to read at least a book a month. Hey, that's a good one. That's a, that's a good educational uh, expand one. Expand your, your knowledge. For all and, you kids listening, be sure to read. Um, so that's one of my goals. Um, and then my other one actually involves all of you. Oh, wow. Okay. What do we got? My my goal is uh, at least, the idea would be at least eh, three times a week or so to talk to each one of you guys on the phone. Wow. Just to get, yeah. just to be involved in your lives. Not that I'm already not involved in your lives. I get to talk to you here for a couple hours a day, but you know, I just think to keep, you know, I like talking to you, to you gentlemen. So well, I like that. I I, I was kind of hoping you'd say, you know, to take us to dinner more on your dime. Yeah, I was but I, you know, that. that's fine. No, no, I'm not rich like that. Phone call. The is phone free. call is nice. I, how very touching of you, Craig. I I appreciate that commitment. You're welcome. So thoughtful. So Tim, what do you got? What's your New Year's Top resolution? That, Top that. Tim. Yeah. Good, good, no, no problem, sir. Just here you go, Tim. What do you got? Uh, mine would be just to be more consistent at the gym. Uh, besides everyone in my house being sick for almost a month straight, it seems like I haven't been going. But I just want to keep it consistent of at least three times a week going. And just keep that consistent. Because I'll go sometimes four, sometimes two. And I like to be able to just keep it at a flat rate of make sure you hit three times a week. All right, going to the gym always a good, uh, always good to do. Are you, you work, are you working on cardio? Or are you doing weightlifting? Uh, I usually well, I can't do cardio per se. I can do the bike a little bit and the elliptical a bit because my uh, my left knee has torn ligaments in it, and I don't want to get reconstructed knee surgery. So uh, <laughs> I prefer to do weightlifting. Uh, but I'd say it's about eighty-five percent weightlifting, fifteen percent cardio. Nice. Hmm. That's more gym than I've ever done in the past five years. All right, Nick, what's your New Year's revolution? Uh, so mine's a little more on the on the Tim frame of getting myself better. Um, mine is to go to bed earlier in in the new year. Uh, shouldn't be hard. Sh- uh, it shouldn't be hard because I I tend to go to sleep sometimes at like four or five in the morning. I mean, you get to pick your own uh, time though, so that's nice. I do. It's uh, it's a blessing and a curse at the same time because I wake up later than I normally want to, especially on the weekends Fair. when I can when I don't have. As many responsibilities, but yeah, I wanna I wanna go to bed earlier. All right, that's a, that's a pretty good one. I, I think you know that's understandable and something you can actually it's doable impact right. Like also, you you three I think have picked good ones in that there are things you can actually do solely by yourself. Some people I think have New Year's resolutions that are a little too I don't know out of control. Well, well, there's a very easy way for Nick to do this. Have a kid. Hey, no, hey, <laughs> no, that, that's how you get. That's all. how you get no sleep. No, that's how you start to go to sleep earlier. 
I'm good on that. Because you're uh, try- that is, you're, that is you're not going to be the solution I'm going with in 2023. You're, you're going for survival at that point. Uh, I'm good. I'm good on that. That's not going to be my method. Man, sleep, I promise sleep, you that. Sleeping in the car during lunch breaks saves your lives. <laughs> That's fine. I'm happy I don't have to deal with that yet. And we're not playing on in 2023 either. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's a that's a little aggressive for him there. That's that's not something. There's a lot of other ways you can fix that other than doing. I mean, he could also like not play video games more. But sure, have a kid. That's a bold strategy. He could not play Assassin's Creed till five in the morning. Yeah, there's Nick. Nick (laughs) has sole control over when he goes to bed. He could just you know go to bed earlier. That's a that's an option. Does he have sole control? Absolutely, I do. Whether I have the willpower or not is another question. <laughs> well, well is, there's a reason why I'm trying to get better at it. <laughs> Nick, you'll have to keep us updated on your sleeping pattern. But anyway, so my New Year's resolution, uh, more more in line with, uh, I would say, Craig, to tell you the truth, than you two. Uh, a little bit of self-betterment, but uh, my goal is to stick to a regular schedule for the week. And in doing so, make sure I spend more time with the people that I don't see all the time who I would like to. My schedule is a little crazy with work and school. Uh, so my goal is to step, set myself to a real schedule where I'm, you know, making, um, you know, setting up time to see other, see people and actually sticking to it. And a lot of times I'll say, oh yeah, you know, we should get together soon and it never happens. My goal is to have a regular schedule where I'm constantly, okay, setting up, let's get together this day and then following through and making sure that that happens. You, you and Craig, both of you guys, you know, real, real sentimental, trying to, trying to better your relations in your That's life. That's right. It's important, man. Hey, Relationships man, are important. Know, I don't get to see people a lot, you know, as much as I would like. So if I can do something to better that or, you know, make it so that I do see them more, you know, I think my life will be better for it. So I actually do have one more thing I have to work on for this year. What's, What's that? that? My uh, stand-up routine. Oh. Oh, yes, he does. Very true. Expl- explain that to the people. Tell them, Wash. Well, I picked a team this year that decided to all get hurt. I mean, not all get hurt. Oh, it was almost all of them. Joe, Joe Mixon. You, you drafted Brandon Cooks. He didn't get hurt. He actually did get hurt several times. You, you also drafted Robert Woods. Listen, Tim, your team did get hurt, and that's fair. Your fantasy football team did did get injured. However, there were some questionable draft picks, which led to your team being in the toilet bowl and your ultimate demise, which is why you have to do the stand-up routine. Yep, exactly. It's going to be great. I can't wait for it. I know I, know I personally am excited to listen. You want to well, give us a preview of the material? Uh, <laughs> I, I am not putting a second of effort in until the basketball season has ended. I'd like to, I'd like to hear I'd like to hear you have to come on one week and give us a little preview. Well, I'll I'll say this if uh the season goes on, uh some sad comedy will probably be included <laughs> into uh well, my stand up cer- routine. Certainly be more fun than uh than listening to us talk about this team. But let's talk about this team because oh boy is there a lot to talk about. Um so obviously let's you know Let's just be frank here. Bad week. Thanks, everybody. It was a shitty week. I mean, it, it can't get any worse of a week than two losses, right? I mean, that's that's pretty much that's the crux of it. Particularly the fashion in which these two losses came also seems pretty painful. Uh, so let's take a look at the Xavier game, which was the first loss of the week. Happened on Wednesday. It was an 84-79 to loss. Now, Xavier was 22 in the country. They're a very good team. They beat UConn. On Saturday, so I guess right now you would say they're the best team in the Big East. Uh, but let's take a look at our numbers, and then we'll figure out exactly why we lost. 43% from the field, pretty average for us. 44% from three, actually, which is not bad for us. That's that's a pretty decent percentage for us from three, because we are not great from there. 56% from the free throw line is not good, but not why we lost. 
The reason we lost is because this was the first game where we did not win the rebound battle this season. We lost, and we lost bad. 48-36, to 36, they out-rebounded us. Mind you, go back to last week, we were fourth in the nation in rebounds. Xavier coming into that game 111th. So that's a battle that we should have won and clearly didn't, and which is why we found ourselves on the losing end of that game. Well, that and free throws on top of that. I don't, you know, 50, the, the free- 56% from the free throw line, that, that puts... If we had hit two, maybe three more free throws, that end of the game would have been a little bit different. Now that's not including the 26 minutes of not showing up during that game. Yeah, I mean, but, the, yeah, they're but, more like 32. I, I just, the, the free throws certainly, missing free throws always hurt too. I just, I, they, I don't think there's as much of an, we were 9 of 16. So was there enough points there to make up the deficit? Yes, there was. But I, I don't think that was the main reason we lost. We, we, got, we got outplayed. I mean, in, in Turnovers was another thing. We won the turnover battle. They had 15, we had 13. But I don't really know if that's key for us anymore. The way this team plays, I don't know if turnovers actually matter because we don't seem to create them as much as we we should be, right? We don't seem to press anymore. I I think the turnovers do matter. I I think the problem for us is that we turn the over too much. So 15 turnovers is a good amount of turnovers created. But to be only plus two... It's it's not good. Yeah, I mean that's that's that, it's, yes, it's about that's, it's about the differential, not the raw number, and that, and that's part of the problem. I mean, look, I think I, the Wednesday game was frustrating. The Xavier game was incredibly frustrating because you look at you like ah, oh, it's a five point loss on the board. Except that this game, for anyone who watched it, it was not a five point loss. This was we we played terribly. Uh, for the majority of the game, and then the last eight minutes, we try to turn, you know, try to fix the assignment in the last five minutes to that's make it look true. better. That's hundred percent true. And, 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 in the and last eight minutes, we looked pretty masterful. Sure, and, the and last, that's the only reason we why played, we lost. By we played five. eight hard minutes. We played eight good minutes, and the rest of it, we were we were not good. It just well, for, it's funny first five, we were great. We we had a good start. We were playing correct. We were playing half court press. It, everything was rolling, and then. We hit a bump. They went on a 16-0 run. Unfortunately, it wasn't a speed bump. It was a slope, and we just kept sliding down again. We, just, I mean, we were just so lax in days ago with the ball, and we just, we we seemingly, we even, I mean, we did this in both games. We don't care. Like, I understand to a degree, like, when we turn the ball over, you you got to kind of say, all right, like, we'll get the next one. We do, we do have that kind of high-octane run-and-gun offense, but... You can't be so lax that they go with the ball that it doesn't matter ever when you turn it over. I mean, that, that's true. We, we, we do seem to not care a lot when we turn it over. We, we, the value on the basketball and the value in possessions is a problem. And the problem is that's how things snowball to 16-point runs in two minutes because instead of valuing and, and caring about the possession and trying to make sure we score and stop the bleeding. Trying to play hero ball. We play like one-on-one. On, one on well, not only that, we just do the same thing we would do as if we were up 20. And f- and just go and just do we do crazy passes and yeah. we we where we take a quick shot that may not be the best shot and we don't look for that kind of stuff and then all of a sudden we miss and then they score and then we miss and then we do it again and then they score and then we turn it over and then they score and all of a sudden yeah we're staring up at an avalanche and we get it down well, uh, and also. and then we tr- you know we try to turn it on the end but you can't turn it on at the end against Xavier right they're too good of a team you can't. Yeah. when you build especially when you play. Just over the course of the beginning of the game, if we had stopped the bleeding a few times and and made some plays, we could have got closer. But then that last kick does matter. When you're right. starting down 18, at one point in the in the first, we hit, brought it all the way down the what five? Yeah, I, I mean, mean we, we lost, lost by five, five, so we brought it down to three. Didn't I think we, yeah, we, brought it down to I three think, I think we got it down to three. But uh, the point is, 
when you build such, such a big hole, it's hard to get out of it. We do have it's to give. To we we do. So uh, I said coming into this game, I thought I, the big matchup was going to be between Nunji and Soriano. Um, you know, Soriano didn't get a double double this game, um, but between uh, Fremantle and Nunji, they went big, and they're both big, and they're both good. They even hit a couple bank threes, which looked absolutely ugly. Which yeah, was rough. In the most inopportune moments, and I also like. There's so many times that like we would tip the ball out of Xavier's hand, you know, we would get the steal, get the get the poke, and it would go directly into the guy's hands at full force, and he was just, like, already in perfect position to just lay it up or in stride for a perfect shot. It was, uh... It was... It was... It was it was amazing to see a couple of times how, like... Sole Boom killed us, too. I mean, he, he had he had 17 points. You know, Nunji certainly was the, was the monster killer, right? 23 points, 12 rebounds for him. He got, he got double. the double-double that Joel Soriano didn't. Fremantle had nine rebounds, 14 points. He yeah. almost had a double-double himself. Exactly. Right. Those cool. two guys killed us down low, but, but it didn't help that it, even if we had forced it out, Sole Boom was having a great night, too. No, absolutely. I think we should have went a little bigger a little earlier. I mean, we did try to... I mean, we had no... We're running on offense, we you know, transition offense, all that fun stuff. It, so you we know, play funny. a lot of guards, but it would have been nicer to see yeah, uh, Stanley our, get in our, a little guard, earlier. Our, our starters didn't have a bad game, though. No, I mean, they didn't. We, four out of five of them had double-digit points. It was just a matchup thing, and I, I get it. That's who we are. That's why we, right. we begrudgingly will not change our game plan no matter what's the, happening. The one positive, I think, is David Jones, three for five from three. That was nice to see. That was a nice change to see. Yeah, there, there was one major part of this broadcast for this game that we need to talk about, and that was the all-access to the head coaches, the mics, the hot mics on yep. them at uh, all yeah, times. The whole game know. was all-access, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a, I love the feature. B, I'm pretty sure Sean Miller was worried every second. When he, know, <laughs> when he knows there's a mic on him, he's just worried. <laughs> well, let me Sweating he, a little extra. He's kind of worried. He also swears like David Wright at a home run derby, so they had to keep <laughs> bleeping him on FS1, so... They definitely got the uh, the the sensor button going hard for that game, but there was times where you'd see Anderson directing the team, telling them what to do, but just like general breakdowns of, oh, we gotta do, we gotta attack here, we have to move more. Except the team was always having side conversations, and it was just it was a little frustrating to see the team not paying attention. Like they knew what he was gonna say already. And they were just like, let's talk to each other about getting stuff done because we already know Coach is just going to tell us the same thing. And that's what it seemed like. Now, may have been the time of the cut, maybe. But one of the big differences you would see with Miller, he'd be telling Nunji, he's like, okay, uh, it's going to be running through you. You're going to be doing this. If this guy is coming up, you do this. If it's doing that, he would give him in-game adjustments during timeouts and make sure he prompts the team goes you're running through Nunji this yeah. offense is going to run through Nunji you have to keep moving if you don't run hard it's going to fall right into their trap if you take an extra dribble it's going to fall yeah, into yeah, their yeah, trap yeah, yeah. he was directing exact statements of what we were doing to them he was naming yeah. our defense that we were running successfully and he's like this is how we have to attack it yeah you have See, to call that, out. That, that's where Mike Anderson has to start making adjustments like they do. I think it's just his coaching style. He doesn't like doing that. He doesn't. That's not him. That's why, you know, we will always stick to our, our guns, and that's we'll get into these holes and because we're not going to change how we, we play games. That's our hopefully our game. I, I, we just don't do it well. Yeah, I mean, sure. Um, that's, that's fair. We do stick to it too long, in my opinion. Way too long. I agree. Uh, but I, the huddle thing, 
in all honesty, now I don't know how the all access things work. I haven't worked on a game like that, but I can tell you that in normal games, you're not really supposed to show strategy. They they ask you yeah. not to do that. So um, it may just be that the parts we were seeing were the parts that were not the strategy. Uh, obviously, you know they're talking about you know running the offense through Nunji and stuff like that, but that's not exactly strategy. Um, that's kind of you know, simple simple statements that they're showing. So they're kind of cutting back and forth. Listen, I, I hate the all-access games. Uh, I think they're not good. <laughs> I don't Scout, enjoy... Scouting-wise, I, I, I would... I don't enjoy watching them. I don't no. find them enjoyable at all. I don't really care what the coach is saying. I'm not watching the game because I want to, uh, you know, hear exactly what the coach is saying during the game. I, I want to... I want some analysis on why... Things are happening, and we you don't get that in the all-access games. So probably not the best person to comment on it because I don't like them, but that's yeah, just my two cents. I, I don't think I've ever watched a full one, but I, I do. I mean, scouting-wise, actually, that's I'm, I'm pretty sure. No, no, I'm pretty sure when I was when I was a manager, I'm pretty sure I had to uh, cut up one of the some other, one of our opponents' games that was mic'd up, and we got no, yeah, yeah. So I didn't do it, but but one of uh, actually, Chris Huey did it because it was an all-access game, so we had their whole entire set list. I forget who it was we were playing after that, but it's—I mean, as a, as a scouting tool, it's it's a detriment to us and, and to the Xavier. I think, in my in my mind, as as somebody who used to, you yeah. know, cut film and, and and scout the opposing team, I, you get all their calls literally because you hear it all. Yeah, that's true. I I think it's a cool thing. It's very cool. For the I, conference. From a, from I don't know. I think perspective. I know you don't like it, Vincent, but I think it's a unique thing, and I think. I think Fox has done a good job of, uh, with the Big East, at, at making innovative things, um, like the All Access thing. They did the game on Christmas Day with DePaul and Creighton, which they were the, really the only college basketball game that day. And actually, I saw a thing. I think it was on Twitter, but it was the, um, the ratings. And actually, the DePaul Creighton game rated higher than all but one NBA game on Christmas Day. Really, which is a pretty big deal, and that's, that's good yeah, that's... visibility for the conference and that kind of stuff. So. I think, coming back to the point, I, I think the all-access all game is cool. Uh, I didn't see it because I was at the game. So Yeah, um, I didn't even know it until maybe. I was uh, I was not at the game, and I watched, had to unfortunately sit through it for myself. <laughs> um, but anyway. R- r- the, the, all-access or Bill Wallen? <laughs> which one would oh. I rather? Oh. Neither. I'd jump, I would jump in front of traffic. <laughs> All right, well, it was a rough start to the week, or I guess it's a rough middle of the week there on the loss on Wednesday, and it only got harder on Saturday. Uh, heading into the Seton Hall game, it looked like, I mean, obviously became a must-win game because of the loss to Xavier, but I shouldn't say maybe not a little early for a must-win game, but it's a game we had to win because we were better than them. Uh, it was on the road, but unfortunately, you know, uh, we didn't. 88-66, uh, to 66, we lost. I, I did my best. I, I The last time I went to a Seton Hall-St. John's game at Seton Hall was 2014, which was the last time we won at the Rock. Unfortunately, I couldn't bring the mojo, so... We were we walked away with the L, and you know it. It this game I think was more disappointing than the Xavier game. We played worse, uh, and it, it showed, and it showed a lot. Uh, just to give you some numbers: forty-one percent from the field is not terrible. Twenty-two percent from three, though, is absolutely heaping garbage. Fifty-four percent from the free throw line, also bad. Second time this year we've lost a rebound battle uh, to a team that we had no right losing the rebound battle to. We also lost by 10 there, 42-32 to 32 in terms of rebounds. We turned them over only 12 times. Here, you talk about a bad split here, Craig. It was a plus one against them. And we didn't hold 
Seton Hall to really any defense. They shot 54% from the field, which is just, it's hard to beat anybody when they shoot 54%, particularly a team that's not as good as you that you should hold, you know, to lower numbers. Yeah, they just they just had every wide open shot. I mean, their their percentage was so high because they were getting wide open looks on the three point line and and just laying up everything. So we have to talk about one of the big mix ups, and it was the starting lineup. A uh, huge change to the to the starting lineup. We bring in Mathis, Posh, Wusu, Stanley, and Soriano. So Curbelo and Jones they take a seat. Now, listen, David Jones certainly showed that you know. Perhaps now there, he was a bit sick, so that that may be why he didn't start. He also got less minutes, so that may be, be the factor here. Uh, he certainly proved that he could be starting, though. Twelve points, eight rebounds, not a not a bad day for David Jones. Andre Curbelo had ten points and seven assists. He also had four turnovers, and in my opinion, Andre Curbelo shouldn't be starting. Uh, I, I don't, I don't, I know Mike Anderson has decided that Andre Curbelo is a better player than Posh Alexander, and he wants Andre Curbelo to be the point guard. That's not true. Posh Alexander's a better player. Posh Alexander only played 22 minutes in this game. He didn't play in the second half very much, which, why, I do not know. It doesn't make sense to me. Posh Alexander is, coming into the year, best player on our team. Uh, He needs to run the offense. We're better with Posh Alexander. There's no reason we brought in Andre Curbelo to take over that. that. If we did that, that was a mistake. And Mike Anderson has seemingly made that mistake because he doesn't run things through Posh anymore. He runs them through Andre Curbella, who, with all due respect, yeah, does he score a lot? Sure. Does he get a lot of assists? Yes. Except he also makes plays that just make absolute no sense. He throws balls away. He take, he misses open threes. He sells out way too much he, on defense. On de- uh, sure. Absolutely. And it, particularly at the end of games, he is a liability and he doesn't need to be on the court. I think it's time to reassess our Andre Curbelo situation and in place of him, get A.J. Storr more minutes. It's got to be Posh, and then it's got to be A.J. Storr that we get going, and I think that will improve this team significantly. I think I've, I agree with you 100% that A.J. Storr has, should and has to get more minutes. I would even, I mean, if, don't get me wrong, I, I do like Omar Stanley starting in this game. Um, I think it's a change of pace, and it actually, at the beginning of the game, it, it wasn't bad. We looked not terrible at the beginning of the game. Uh, and then, you know, then we started changing up, as we have to. And then we just kind of abandoned Omar Stanley, which, you know, he usually gets 14 minutes anyway. But we, if we're going to start the guy, we've got to give him a little more time. Um, but I do think A.J. Storr needs to get more time. I think he could be. He could have been the starter in that game. He could be the starter in the next game. I so, think he's, he's a freshman, and he's, you know, we, we don't want to rush him into something that we don't want to ruin his progression. But it's might be better for his progression if he gets more minutes. So it's like... Oh, AJ Store gives us a different element that we don't have because we don't have great shooting, and, and Store is a good shooter. Absolutely. Um, so I, I agree with the fact that Store should get more minutes. The idea that we want to put Curbelo on ice, I don't know that that's. I don't know. Like I, I understand the frustration. I do. And the Xavier game was. Uh, uh, we didn't even go get into it because it was too frustrating. I think to even talk he about it. Dogged away too many times. Four four points, seven assists, and and. Innumerable turnover. I know there wasn't Very that many turnovers, but, but bad shot selection, and, and he was just I mean, pathetic shot for, selection. I mean, he, he struggled. He had a bad, he had a terrible game against Avery, and it really affected the team. And down the stretch, even when we got it close, he took a three he shouldn't have taken, and he missed the layup towards the end. And look, I'm, I'm not saying you ice him out completely. My I point, mean, that's my what po- you said. 
No, when I, I said you take him out of the starting lineup, I, I, you shouldn't I, play him that much. I mean, that, no, what, what no, else would be no, the cause I, of the, no, ice him I, out? I did not say we should ice him out. I didn't say we shouldn't play him as much. I, I didn't say we shouldn't play him at all. What I said was he shouldn't be in the starting lineup, which I 100% stand behind, and the and that we shouldn't play him. He shouldn't be the first guy off the bench. I think AJ Store should be the first guy off the bench. So the answer is, you, I think you so take. Who are you starting? AJ Store. I think I'm starting AJ Store. Well, then, then, I'm sorry. AJ Store should not be. The, I'm, I was. What I'm saying is, we need to take Andre Corbella and put him in the AJ Store role. So we need to take AJ Store off the bench and put him in the starting lineup, and we need to have a- Andre Corbella coming off the bench. I think. I, I think the interesting thing is, look, Corbello can be. He's he's an enigma. He he is an enigma, and he will have bad games. And he, like we said, he goes through games where he makes plays. Where you're like, oh my god, how did he make that play? And then you make watch games. You're like, what are you doing? And yeah. ask Illinois fans. This is how I felt for two years with him. Um, but I I think, look, he has talent. But I think to your point, a, a bigger point of yours is uh, is Posh Alexander. Um, that's uh, that, that's question, even more my the, point. The, yes. The question early on in this season was how were they going to coexist on a court together? Because they're both point guards, both pass pass first point guards. How does that work? Um, we've seen, you know, sure. The, forget about the early games because we played a lot of teams that we were going to beat when we rolled the balls out. As we've seen these last three games, I don't know. Maybe that doesn't work uh, because one of them has to run the offense, and Posh seems to be whether it's dictated by the coach or, or just their personalities. Curbelo has been taking the lead on this, and I think it's detrimental to Posh. I think it's detrimental to the team. I think they almost would be better off playing on separate units and maybe sometimes play together, but it's better off maybe they're not on the same court at the same time. They need one guy to run the offense. Posh they, Alexander should touch the ball in every possession. If you look at the scene Hall game, at the beginning when it was Posh and no Curbelo, we were great. We were right there. Then Curbelo came in and played and played more and he took over the lead over the offense, and it, it, and look, he's not the only reason because on defense we also played horrendously. Let's just get it. We did. We, 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 we played. We played terrible we across them, the board. Against we let Hall. them shoot 54 percent from the field, right? It, it's going to be tough to win any game where anyone shoots fifty four percent. Except the for field. Joel Sorrino, he played great. They were also shot fifty four percent because they were getting wide open looks. Joel Soriano had a quiet double double. He had twenty three points. I was at the game, and I can tell you. He had twenty three. He had twenty three of the quietest points I've ever seen, and we watched J- Julian Champ- Penny last year, who had twenty three quiet points every game. It felt similar to a well, I think it's just we were, I think it's just we were out of the game. We were out of the game very early we, on. Yeah, 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 we were out and of it. So and we were so never he, really. He in. scored a lot of points, but a lot of them, frankly, didn't matter because we were down by so I, much. That, that could that could possibly it. I, it, just, it was a quiet and it was an unimpactful double double. Yeah. Well. It, yeah. Yeah, everything's unimpactful when you lose by twenty-two points. Yeah, I just look. We the, he. I, I have to be honest. He had eleven rebounds. Right. He looked terrible doing it. I mean, he got out rebounded multiple times down down on this on both sides of the ball. He did, and he looked bad doing it too. Speaking of rebounds, we, we this has always been a problem at St. John's. We need to start boxing out. There we there's too many times, too many, way too many times that two players jump up for the rebound bump each other, and then the ball goes a little further than they expect it, and there's one of their guys sitting right there for an easy re- rebound and layup. If, if we just yep. boxed out instead of just jumping up and trying to figure it out in the air, we would get, like, five more rebounds a game, and they would well, get five well, less offensive rebounds. I think that's how Kadari Richmond beat us up a lot. Yeah. Richmond did have, you, you, you were on that last week. He did have a good game, 19 points, 
nine rebounds. Didn't do better than Alamir Dawes, who really killed us. 22 points. He was 5 of 10 from three, which is how we let him get five made three-pointers is just a, just a mess. I got to ask you guys a question, though, and obviously, you know, it's it's on everyone's mind. What do we do about Mike Anderson? Mike Anderson made no adjustments in this game. Mike Anderson seemingly has decided that Andre Curbelo is better than Posh Alexander, and, and I think that's a mistake. Mike Anderson is a guy I defended for a long time, but I have to say in these past two games, he he got outcoached. Not only did he get outcoached, he looked like a fool in both of these games. And I, I, I don't jump on the bandwagon of we need to fire him. First of all, you're never firing your coach in the middle of the season, so that's just silly. Um, but how, how do we... How do we? What what moves do you think Mike Anderson can make right now to make an impact? And secondarily, if we're what do we do about Mike Anderson at the end of the season? That's my two question for you guys. I would first. I'm going to go with what we do with Anderson end of the season. Okay. So Anderson said it himself, "This was the most talented team," as he said. In uh, he did say that. Yes. Yeah, he said most talented team he's ever had at St. John's. If he cannot bring this team. To an NCAA tournament, we have to fire him. Craig and Nick, either one of you on the fire group? I'm not going to put myself on the fire group. Craig? Not today. All right, then, Tim, further explain your point, because I agree I'm not on the fire group either. So you defend the fire point, because i got to be honest. He said if we we won't make the NCAA tournament, he didn't say today. I'm not talking about today. I'm talking about today on the podcast, not today in terms of firing him today. Uh, Craig, what would you say? Well, I I think... I, I, my, here's my thought on this is that you take it at the end of the season, you got to see what happens on yes. balance. So, okay. Uh, so, so you're sort of on the fire. We, we, I'm not, we, I would have 16 games left. I wouldn't rule it out as an option, but I'm not going to make that decision today. Tim did have a qualifier saying he had, to, he didn't make the NCAA tournament. So if you would like to do the same, that's fine. Here's why I don't think you fire Mike Anderson. Uh, and, and listen, I think Mike Anderson did a terrible job in these two games, and I think he, he's, if he continues down this track, he's going to do a terrible job with this team. However, what's the better option? Rick Pitino. St. John's would never, I wish. I mean, but St. No, John's would yes. never. Yeah, sure, maybe. With all due respect, Rick Pitino is what, semi-retired, right? He's old. <laughs> yeah. uh, and listen, does who? what happens if we fire Mike Anderson? Let's think about this. We who leaves and who cycle. stays? Well, Soriano's gone. Gardner is probably not coming. Right. If Rick uh, Pitino, he probably still comes. Well, yeah, the question is, yeah, if you bring in Rick Pitino. who you get. You, well, you got to do. Th- talking about bringing in Rick Pitino. Unless Fair. you don't bring in Rick Pitino. Yeah, I mean, there are other options. Well, okay, but, okay I, but I said, you, I'm going to continue. You no, said you Gardner it. would be gone. I said Gardner wouldn't be gone if it's Rick Pitino. That's what all that was the entire statement I said. You said who's going to say who's going to go. I think that, that calculus changes depending on who the coach is. I right? agree. I, I, think um, that's, I think 100%. Rick Pitino has. Has juice. I mean, in reality, right? You, that name means something to um, a lot of people. I mean, right? It, it does. Now, look, can we bring him in? Will the administration decide to do it? That's, That's a, a different question. question that I don't necessarily have the answer to. Would he work as the coach of St. John's? Sure. Um, absolutely. Right? He, he's Rick Pitino. I mean, he's a basketball Hall of Famer. I mean, of, of course we would be in great place with him. I think he has too much baggage there's a, for St. John's. There's a lot of question marks to to get him here. I don't yeah. know that it, ha- that it actually right. happens. And if we're not going to sign him, then who are we going to sign? Well, I think Because if, you... if, if we're signing somebody else, it, by the way, all we're doing is we're getting worse for two years before we have potential of getting about yeah, to where yeah. we are in three years and maybe getting better in four years. I mean, some of the people I would assume besides Patino, we 
probably would try to get Bobby Hurley at Arizona he's State. He's not coming. I mean, why, why? he's getting paid a ton of money at Arizona State. Why would he come to St. John's? He had the option. He could have came to St. John's. He was yeah. in the running. Well, he, he got offered a job, and he turned it down. Th- this this statement is all based off of that we get uh, Rapoli back on good terms, and we we accept his money and make that push. Kind of like, even still, St. John's does out there. Bobby Hurley had the stupid. opportunity to come here and chose not to. What changes? What's changed in the past four years? Well, the, one of the big changes is the NIL. And okay. the opportunity to have NIL in New York City is a lot better than in, uh, well, it's not Flagstaff. Where's Arizona State? Arizona State's in, that's a good question. Exactly. Arizona State's in Arizona yeah, in the city. They're a state school with, uh, with their, their oh, more yeah, money. You're part of the Pac-12. I, listen, I, I, it's not like there's some nose. It's not like he's in, like, you know, eastern Washington. It's in Scottsdale, I think. <laughs> it's only the biggest it is city. In it is in Scottsdale. Here's the thing, and I think part of this is when we're looking at coaching. I think, look, if you don't get Rick Pitino, who is obviously out there, you're gonna you have to go a younger coach. You have to get an up and coming coach and hope it works out. Right. Right. So you're signing on for two years Frankly, of yeah. absolute garbage, yeah, a third year of maybe being good enough to make the bubble, and maybe by the fourth year, getting the NCAA tournament or firing him and doing it all over again. Do yeah. we go after Mac? Chris Mack? No. Chris Mack has has spent more time suspended at Louisville than he has actually coached at Louisville. I think part part of the problem is I, I think, think we have, and as St. John says, we have a very, we think of ourselves in one way, but I don't know that that's thought of throughout the country like that. We don't. I think our job is incredibly hard. It's a hard Massively sell to job. So I while we think there's guys we can get or that might come from a different school to come to us. I think our job is a really hard job. We have really high standards for a program that has not done well over the last twenty years. Yeah, I we fire guys to spend any money. We fire guys left and right. Uh, we t- as we talked to Mike Craig last year that the facilities are we're still behind on facilities. That's a lot of there's a lot of things, lot of things that things we to have fix. to get over. So yeah. it, really, the answer is if, unless you can break the bank and and get like someone like Rick Pitino for a very short period of time. You're gonna get an up and coming coach. I don't know you're getting. I don't know that you're gonna. You're not pulling somebody away from an Arizona State. You're not pulling somebody away from another school that has better facilities, a more infrastructure, and lower, frankly, lower expectations. Absolutely. No, that's that. I think the biggest seller for most kids is like, okay, what do the facilities look like? I'm gonna be spending every single day of my life here. What what is it like? You know what I mean? Don't yeah. get me wrong. New York City has its own draw. Oh, it's amazing. And plus, what are my perspectives of going to the NBA? Exactly. Right? How 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 does you know, being a, a guy who plays in Queens at bad facilities compared to playing at spectacular facilities in, you know, pick the your big, school, you know, right? Big Ten, the ACC, Sure, the ACC. sure. We're on TV all the time. You know, we're on FS1, and, and Fox is good to us, and, you know, we are on Fox a bunch. But, uh, like, you know, I, I think it's tough to say, yeah, let's just move away from Mike Anderson uh, now I, I think Mike Anderson has made a lot of mistakes, but at the same point, I, it's just we're restarting to do for what to what end? Yeah, so I, I, I I'm I, with you 100, Vincent. I just don't think there's many coaches out there that are better than Mike Anderson that we can get. But I'm, Un- unless I'll give you one name, Mark Jackson. We get Mark Jackson to come, sure. I'll 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 fire Mike Anderson at the end of the year. Yeah, I, I doubt that. I, I have I have a question though for you, and and here I guess is this is a long term question on this. 
would we, so you you change coaches because you're trying to change your, the trajectory the, the of the program, dynamic, yeah. right? Sure. So in reality, will we be better next year if you fire a coach? The answer to that question is always no, right? But that doesn't. Sure. But in, the, in that scenario, you should never fire a coach, right? right. And that's not always the best option. So y- you are the idea is yeah, you're going to be worse in for a year or two, and then ultimately you'll get to a higher height um, in the in the future. Now, the question with that is, uh, that's why I think you got to take it on balance. You got to wait till the end of the season and see what happens. Because I tend to agree with Tim. If there's no NCAA tournament this year, we don't. I mean. We're the trend's bad right now. The trend's bad. Look and look. Certainly, there, yes. let, let me preface all of this by saying that there are a lot of games left in the season, and I'm not giving up on the season yet. I think there's a lot of time left. There's a lot of talent on this team. There's a lot of good players. We can turn this thing around. We can. I'm just gonna say it right now. Just that's my my piece. But I think at the end of the season, you got to see where you're at. But just because you're gonna get worse next year doesn't mean you shouldn't make a move to make the program better in the long term. That's, that's true that that's... if you're willing to make a change and then stick with that guy. The problem here at St. John's is that it's a win-now program all the time. So, yes, for two years, they'll get a they'll get a no problem whatsoever. However, comes years three and four, when all of a sudden we're on the bubble again in both year three and both year four, you'll hear once again from everybody in the stadium or everybody everywhere, it's time for us to move on from him. If you want to say you're willing to commit to a young coach and give him the proper amount of time, you want to give him six years you want to give him seven years fine fine i'm willing to move on from mike anderson the problem is we're not willing to do that we, we showed already with mike anderson who's you know one of the few coaches to never have a losing season uh and by the way has this team in a position where if they are to gel together could be a ncaa tournament team like they're supposed to be i i don't see how switching things up to do this all over again in four years with some young guy is going to be the change we need. It's just if 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 we're willing to do it and we're willing to be bad for six years, sure. If we're willing to stick with a guy even when he struggles in years four and five, then maybe. The problem is you know this fan base is not willing to do that, and you know the school is not willing to do that. So, it, it, you know, lather, rinse, repeat. For what purpose? There's young guys out there who are not as good as Mike Anderson. So. I just I at this point currently today I don't see the purpose of making the change, even if we don't make the NCAA tournament at the end of this year. I agree with you, Vincent. Um, like with coming to Mike Anderson, we already decided we were going to make a shift in the normal coaching styles we come with. Uh, you know, I mean, under Lev and under Mullen, we both went after the best kid in you know from wherever we can get him and the best talent, and then we'll put them all on a court and we'll see how it figured out. It was good, and you know we had some very talented teams, but we didn't ever have the best team in the Big East. We didn't have the best team in the country. Uh, I'm not saying we have that right now with Mike Anderson, but he's he's a system guy, so he's more like you know gonna get guys that are in work in his system. They might not be the best guys in the country, uh, they might not be the best guys on the court, but they work the best together. That's the at least the idea we're trying to go after, um, and that is going to take some time because you're you're trying to get a a momentous shift in, you know, who we are as our identity. It's going to take, I think, I think we give him a, he has, we have to, we have to get close to, if we were on the bubble this year, I would still go with Mike Anderson this year. I would still go with him for a fifth year. Um, I think it depends how we finish the season. If if we have to be a bubble team. If we, if we absolutely fold in the next, the last 16 games, uh, then we'll have it. If we go, 
we go eight and eight. I mean, well, maybe eight and eight. I don't know. Eight and eight, we probably make. We're probably on the bubble. Eight and eight, we're probably on the bubble. So I mean, it depends. I don't know, well, but I, I'm not. I'm not so. Because to Vincent's point, I'm kind of sick and tired of every four years waiting for. Hopefully, we have one good team to get to the NCAA tournament, and then we don't, and we we can it, and then we change everything up. I think we just I mean, have to. How have many, a little how many more. times have we we've, we've now twice fired coaches who took us to the NCAA tournament? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. literally, they made it the NCAA tournament, and we fired them afterwards. I, look, I, I just it's I, it's a little maddening. I think, and, and that's not a way to build a program. You're just not going to build a program if every four years you have a brand new staff. That's hard to sell to somebody coaching it. Because it, it said, well, well, I get to the NCAA tournament, and you're going to can me the next year? Like, there's, we have that reputation right now. Well, that's what that was my talking about. Yeah, our, yeah, yeah. Our, in terms of our, we think of ourselves a certain way with certain expectations, and I don't know that that matches up with the reality of where the program is right now. And I hope that, look, we all hope the program gets to where it has been in years past, but sometimes you need to take stock and look at where you're at and who's, like you said, laughing at the tournament, we fired him. Mel Mullen stepped down. To be fair, yeah. and I'm look. I'm not saying okay. that, I'm not saying that those guys were the end all be all, and those were the saviors of the program and all that good stuff. But there, there is some sort of saver continuity. I don't disagree with that necessarily. The question is, do you want to do continuity with the right guy? I, and, I just, and, and I just don't think Mike Anderson's not the right guy. I think you have to see how this season ends, and that would be my thought. And That's now, fair. there's plenty of games left, and this can all turn around. And hopefully, this is not a conversation in March. Hopefully, we're talking about seeding and where the games are going to be for our tournament tournament run. Let's hope. You know what I mean? Let's hope that that happens. I, I and there's think... time for that to happen, so it's possible. And like we said, there's there's talent on this team, and they just got to figure it out. But we got to figure it out, and I think time is time is ticking. All right. Well, you know, I, I think Mike Anderson has done a terrible job these past two games. So he, he's got to turn it around, and let's hope the team does. But anyway, 0-2 this week puts us at 1-3 and in the Big East. Not really where we want to be at all. Let's talk about the spotlight player of the week. I'll give you a hot take. I'm voting for nobody. There is nobody who played this week for St. John's who deserves to be recognized for any of the work that they put in. So what do you guys got? Who are you voting for? I think it's Joel Serrano scored 23 and 10. He had double-double in against Seton Hall. I, you still got to give us. I mean, that's your. That's fine. You I, mean, I watched vote. the game on TV. I, I thought Soriano played. I Look, the points necessarily didn't matter because we were down by a lot, but 23 and 10 is still pretty impressive. I mean, Xavier wasn't his best game, but he still had 14-8. I mean, yes, he got out-rebounded, but he had two seven-footers, to be fair, that he was dealing with, and he still had 14-8. He was 6-for-6 six six from the free-throw from the free throw line. He's been our best, one of our best free-throw shooters down the stretch. I think it's got to be Joel Soriano this year week. So. Yeah, same here. It's, I, I'm very underwhelmed from this week, but... I would have to say Joel Soriano's got the uh, spotlight for me. Yeah, I'm. I'm not gonna go with Soriano. I'm gonna go with David Jones. Uh, I mean, he got a double double in the game against Xavier. He had three threes in that game, and we only had eight. He had two of our four threes in the game against Seton Hall. Um, I think the, the biggest thing on this team we're lacking is a three point shooter, and he's the only one who kind of opened up the floor a little bit by making any threes, other than AJ Store, of course. You know, Nick, I think you've. You've, you've changed my mind. I think I will vote for David Jones as well. Looking at his numbers, thinking about it again, he's, you know, he didn't start, uh, and he still came out and played hard, 12 points, 8 rebounds in that game. I, I now see, I see your point, and I think you're right. I think it should be David Jones. So we've got the old yeah. tie. Flipping minds over here. We've got the tie. Uh, Joel Soriano didn't impress me in the Seton Hall game. He had big numbers, but they, they were unimpressive 
unimpressively done, and they didn't get the team going, which is more important to me. Did you pick David Jones because you, you believe he's the, the player of the week, or are you out of spite of Soriano? No, I picked it because I think he is. I, 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 look, I mean, look, listen, he, he led the team. <laughs> you didn't want Tim to win. He <laughs> led the team in, against Xavier, 19 points, 10 rebounds. He was 3 of 5 from 3, as you pointed out. We haven't had great 3-point shooting, and he did that very well. Uh, and then you look at the game. He, he, he was in a different role, came off the bench, yeah, and still minutes, had, had 12 points, long. 8 rebounds. Yeah, I, I, I take back my no one deserves a recognition and have changed now to David Jones. We have a tie, so there is no spotlight player of the week. So get away from uh, that's what Vincent wanted. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a double win for uh, me. Get, get away from the uh, negativity of uh, the past two losses. While we did lose two straight Big East games, the staff went out and recruited a shooter, uh, Harrison Reed from South Dakota, plays over at prep school in Arizona, makes about twenty three points a game, shoots forty four percent from three, makes about five threes a game. The kid can shoot. Um, hopefully, he this prep year is him developing, getting a better, uh, again, better shape, so he can compete with the Big East teams. So let's hope he's the uh, the shooter we've always been looking for. Well, well, we'll have to hold out hope, and we'll find out, I guess, if we continue to have Mike Anderson as a coach. Yep. Uh, all right, let's look ahead. Big week, uh, just like last week, because now we've lost two games, and we're really reeling for some victories here. Uh, it starts on Tuesday against Marquette at Carnesecca Arena, 6.30. It'll be on FS1 as well. Marquette coming in, they are a very good team. 11-4, 3-1 so far in conference. Uh, they're coming off wins against Seton Hall and Villanova. They've got four players who average double digits, but they're led by Cam Jones, who averages 16 points. Uh, but it'll be also Igodara who... Joel Soriano will have to face off against. He averages 11.5 points per game as well as six, almost seven rebounds per game. And as if that wasn't enough, shoots 65% from the field. He is ninth in the nation in that category. Uh, This is another good shooting team. 49% from the field is good enough for 16th in the nation for them. Uh, So we're going to have our hands full in those aspects. Obviously, no one's going to top Xavier, who was first in the nation in assists. However, 18 assists per game for Marquette puts them 15th in the nation. Uh, St. John's, we've now fallen to 8th in the nation in terms of rebounds with 41.5 per game. Here, we're going to have even more of an advantage. Uh, Marquette is the 301st rebounding team in the country, averaging 33.1. This is. I know this sounds like I may be a broken record here because this sounds a lot like the Xavier matchup. But boy, oh boy, do we need a different outcome? We. Yeah, I mean, really, there's nothing else to say to that. Yes, we need a different outcome. We need. We're at. We're at home at Carnesecca against Marquette. We cannot lose this game. Um, even more so as a scene Hall loss. We. We and. Last week was frustrating, but look, it's a new week. We need to be Marquette, and then we need to get turn this thing around and right the ship, and get back to where we were, our winning ways. I think the only thing you can take away from that Xavier game, if we take that eight-minute stretch where we played well, this team is very similarly built to that team. If we take that eight minutes and we expand it across all 40, we could beat Marquette. If we could just do that for 20. Well, if we could do it for 20, I think we can beat Marquette because we, I, you know, I think it's a matchup that we're actually, we might benefit from them playing Havoc through Shaka Smart, right? Yeah. They're going to speed us up, which is okay for us. We could kind of use to get sped up, to be honest, because sometimes we slow down. 
And I think maybe having the other team speed us up could put us in actually a better place. Yeah, I think, I mean, as you said, I think our, our, the biggest thing to worry about, not the biggest thing, because they, they're a good team, because they're a very good coach team. Shaka Smart is a great coach. He makes tons of adjustments. He knows how to win. Uh, and if we do exactly what we did against Xavier, and we stay to our guns, and we don't change our, our methods, this is going to be a scary game. It could be very similar to the Xavier game. I think another person, aside from Oso, who's, that's going to be a, a key matchup against him and um, Soriano, another kid we're going to have to look out for is Tyler Colick. He's, uh, he's a guard. He's a 6'3 guard. He leads a team in assists with 7.5, and he leads a team in steals with 1.7. Uh, he shoots 52.4% from the field, so he's... I, I think between him and Oso, probably, they, they do... They, I mean, between him... I'm sorry, because I've forgotten their, their leading scorer is Cam Jones, so... Between the three of them, they're going to be the the big three that we're going to have to to handle the whole game. So this is this is going to be an interesting game, I think. I think we have to go into this game big. Uh, I, I, yeah, I would like that. There, there are three wings. None of them are over six ten, but they're six seven, six eight, six nine, and those guys can fight for rebounds, can create chaos for us. I think we have to start off going heavy, have Soriano have Stanley, have Jones, have Mathis, and have Posh. Yeah, I think, I like I think that. we have to throw that lineup in to keep the size control, keep the board control, and start to build the team off that. Because even though we're playing Stanley, who's 6'9", 6'8", and then Soriano is 6'11", they all can run because they're used to the system. Now we're getting them out of place. Now we're running harder. Now we're also even bigger than they are. No. We need to win the boards. We need to win control of the boards. We need to get the second chance points. And we need to get our point guards cutting and dishing. We need a little more motion. We need a little more team play than we've had in the past couple of games. Yes. Yeah, going big against them is, you know, is, is not a bad idea. Uh, I wonder how we will deal with the Havoc style of Shaka Smart when we're big. But, hey, listen, we, we certainly need to mix up after these last two games. And if that's the way we're going to do it, then then that's a, that, that, if that makes the changes we need, uh, then I'll sign on for it. Let's hope we come away with that victory on Tuesday. Now, looking ahead, the other game this week is at Providence on noon at Saturday on FS1 as well. They're currently 12-3, and 4-0 in conference. However, they will play... Uh, UConn on Wednesday before they play us. They're coming off wins against Butler and DePaul, so not the most impressive schedule in the Big East so far. Here is a game where we have to go big. Uh, they are led by Bryce Hopkins uh, with just below 16 points a game and nine, almost 10 rebounds a game. He'll be matching up against Soriano in a lot, as will Ed Crosswell, who is part of their double-headed monster down low, 13 points for him, 7 rebounds. He also averages 64% from the field, which is good for 11th in the nation. Uh, needless to say, down low, we're going to have our hands full. Uh, and it, it, if, if we go big in Marquette and it works, uh, it may just be a play to figure out how to go big in Providence because we're absolutely going to need to do that in order to combat these two <laughs> giants, for lack of a better word. And facing Ed Cooley on a Saturday, or no, yeah, on a Saturday at noon at whatever whatever it's called now, whatever you, the Dunkin' Donuts Center, I'm still calling Dunkin' Donuts Center in the, Providence. Uh, the Undunk. Whatever, yeah, the, 
it's tough. I mean, Ed Cooley has done a great job at Providence. They're a tough team. They always play well. They find ways to win, even when they seem to not be as talented or, or whatever. Um, he's he's a good coach, and so it's tough. To, it's going to be a tough game on, on Saturday against Providence, but a game, like we said, we desperately need. I mean, right now they're 4-0 in conference, though, and they were, they're were supposed to take a step back this year, and they have them at 4-0 again. They certainly haven't looked like they've taken a step back. The no. other thing is we're really going to have our hands full. They average 40 rebounds a game. That's good for 40.3 is good for 22nd in the nation. Uh, they also average five blocks, which I think is actually the scariest number. It's 26th in the nation, and we struggle against teams who block well. So this Providence game on paper looks like it could be disastrous. And we're already not great when we go and play at Providence. So it's really, for me, it's a scary double-edged sword. Uh, I'm not going to lie, I'll be very concerned that entire game and just hope that somehow we've figured out a lineup that can undercut their two big men uh, and really force their other guys to beat us. I think the best way to attack this game, we have to control. They they do a good job at getting assists. They have uh, about 15 assists a game. We average about 16 assists a game. Jared Byam, who... They say he's a fourth-year senior. I doubt it somehow. I feel like he's been there for five years and then went to St. Joe's before that. But sure, let's say he's a fourth-year real senior. And then Carter, both them are very elusive guards, and we have to defend them because they'll create to get open shots for their uh, wings and big men. So I, I think it's going to be a game where we have to control the guard play. Good guard play, good underneath play, I think. The thesis of this entire thing is we just need to play, play good basketball. We just got to play. We got to play. If we could just play our game in like a manner that we played against lesser opponents, we we would just win these games. If we could just score more baskets <laughs> than the other team, we will be in great shape. I mean, we we certainly are gonna have to pull some rabbit out of a hat here, uh, at least on paper. If we could split out of if we could split out of these next two games, in all in all honesty, if we could split out of these next two games. I think that'll be a, the positive of the week. I was going to ask you. I said, "Is a split good enough this week? Is that will that will that calm the the St. John's nerves? No, I don't no, think it'll no. calm it, but it'll be no. better than going zero and two. It'll never calm them. However, the question is whether it's good enough, and the answer to that is probably yes because it's at Providence. Uh, Fair. I, I, two and four though in Big East though. Uh, two and four to start the Big East season is sure. not good. Uh, but but you've gotten the loss at Providence out of the way. You know, next time you get them at home and you hope for a different result. We have beaten them at Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, I, I, we have. I, I'm, I'm be, just saying this team, it seems like a bad matchup for us. Just for the, Walking rec- just in, for the record. This does not look like a game where we're going to be able to play the way we want to play. Sorry, I mean, Nick, you go. No, you're fine. The re- just for the record, the, the name of the dunk has been changed to the Amica Mutual Pavilion. Right, the dunk. So, <laughs> yeah. Tim, what are you going to say? Oh, I'm surprised not uh, renamed FTX and then not renamed it. But uh, I, I think if we go 3-1 in the next four games, I think that cools down everyone's fire and Tim's already looking ahead two weeks. Well, <laughs> I, well think. A 1-1 will not calm anyone down. You're saying going three out of four. Three out of five or three out of four? Three out of four. Marquette, Providence, Butler, UConn. If we go three wins out of those four games, I think it cools everything down. I would are you agree with right that. Would you be calmed down by that? I'm uh, specifically. If it, if we went to Marquette, if how we, do you guys feel? If, if we if we if we went out right now and went on a three game stretch and we won Marquette, 
Providence and Butler. How are you feeling? Uh, I feel like we we've now are back on a better course. Yeah, I feel I was, like we're I more, would, much more on our. I course. would feel great. Better trajectory for sure. Yes. Much maybe not a better trajectory, but much more trajectory. of a trajectory that I expected at the beginning. Oh, of the yeah, season. Yeah, I would Correct. I would feel very good if we won the next three games. If we win three out of four and those three wins and that one loss, Anderson does not seem to be out of control of the switching that the other coach is implementing. I think that's a good thing. Because the next four coaches, you got you got Thad, you got Cooley, you got Shaka, and you got, well, you got Hurley, and and his loveliness over there. So, yeah, I, listen, I I don't I don't particularly think I don't think Mike Anderson's coaching outside of getting us the victory uh, changes how we need to to win these games. I think uh, you win three out of these next four games or three in a row, with all due respect. We'll. we'll, we'll put the UConn game aside, you win three in a row and we are right back on track. You're talking about a four and three record now in Big East play with still a lot of games left to play, 13 games left to play. Uh, that puts you right back on track. And then a loss at UConn is never a killer. I mean, they're, they're right now, they're a top, you know, really high, they're, well, you know, very high in, top, in, tier in top tier team. I just, I think you win three games, how we get there coaching or not coaching uh, wins are wins are wins, and you, you if in two weeks we're looking at four and three heading into that UConn game, I'm happy. I mean, just flat out, I'm happy we're back on track and we're seemingly heading in the right direction. Like the good news is, as we talked about, there are lots of games left. I guess maybe that's good news and the bad news. Lots of good news because we can still turn around. Lots of bad news because you know there's lots of games to watch and it can all go bad. But hopefully, let's be hopeful. Let's be positive here. Hope we can turn it around. And the team becomes a tournament team because ultimately that's what everybody wants. That's what everybody in the fan base wants. We just want to, we just want to get to the tournament, and for sure. And you know, there are different opinions that we get there, which is healthy and fine, and it is what it is. Um, but ultimately, everybody wants us to get to the tournament. And that's really what we want. And if we get there, then winning cures a lot. Well, the winning good makes news, everybody happy, and that's the, really what we're here. The for. The good news about having more games is that there's more Red Storm Chaser podcasts to listen to. <laughs> so, you're all stuck with us for at least you know six, sixteen more games, and hopefully more when we're talking about the tournament. But that'll do it for this episode. Uh, for Craig, Tim, and Nick, I'm Vincent. Hopefully next week we're talking to you after a 2-0 and week. Go Johnnies, keep chasing.